It's not like any other podcast. Coming to you straight from the heartland, where investing is told like it is. It's time for Darren Garman's Paranoid Banker Podcast. Hold on, because here comes the next episode of the Paranoid Banker Podcast. Hey there, Darren Garman here, and welcome to this week's podcast, where I'm really going to be piggybacking on last week's podcast. So last week's podcast... Uh, for those of you that listen and listen and you listen to it to my podcast as they come out and you do it really in order um, in some kind of uniformity, uh, you'll you'll remember that I talked about um, not being the person that wants to make a deal just to make a deal. So in other words, if you want to make a deal bad enough, you will. <clears throat> excuse me, and that's what we talked about in the last podcast. If you want to make a deal bad enough, you'll make it. And not to be one of those people that throws out your criteria, throws out really your common sense, and just pretty much buys the property just for the sake of buying it, invests in it, whether you're active or passive, just for the sake of investing in it, and hoping it works out. All that does is that allows you to win a bidding contest. Remember, the wealth does not go to those that win bidding contests. It goes to those that buy the properties the right way. Okay? So that was last podcast. So if you've not listened to that, and the name of that podcast is If You Want to Make a Deal Bad Enough, You Will, I highly suggest you listen to that podcast along with this one. It doesn't have to be before this one. It can be after but you listen to that podcast, okay? So let's now talk about value add and why right now, in many places, value add is complete horseshit. It's complete horseshit, okay? So let me tell you what's going on in the market right now in terms of apartment communities, whether you're active or passive investor, let me tell you what's going on. So I'm speaking very general here. Um, what I'm going to tell you now does not apply to every single situation, does not apply to every single property opportunity that comes up, but it does apply to most. And this goes all the way back to, in, in all of my books, my first book, The Nine-Month Investment, which I wrote going on, gee, seven, eight years ago, one of the main criteria for buying a property that within nine months will turn in just a fantastic investment for you is that you buy it knowing, knowing after you've done your research and work that the property could rent for a hell of a lot more than it rents for per unit and that the expenses are a hell of a lot higher than they need to be if properly managed. <clears throat> I mean, that's really it in a nutshell. And in that book, I go through chapter by chapter how you do this how you ascertain if that's the case, what you do, how you negotiate, all those kinds of things. But for the purpose of our podcast this week, it's really about realistically buying a property where the rents are a hell of a lot lower than where they really need to be and the expenses are a hell of a lot higher than where they really are. Okay? Um, no, in other words, the expenses can be a lot lower than where they really are realistically. So when you combine being able to buy the property and you can raise rents much higher, you can reduce expenses much lower, your net income, of course, grows exponentially, and now you have a property that's worth, in some cases, millions and millions of dollars more than what you bought it for. 
okay? Now, that's an oversimplistic way of explaining it, but that really does explain it in a nutshell. So right now, you're seeing if you're in the market, whether you're active or passive, if you're out there looking to buy something, and by something I mean an apartment community, you're seeing these two words thrown around way, way, way too much. Value added. So value add is code for, hey, psst, hey, guess what? This is an apartment property where the rents, they're really, really low. They're a lot lower than where they need to be. The owner, man, the owner's just not very smart. Um, you know, they're just not doing things very well. They're just not managing it very well. So, they're, you know, these rents are a lot lower than what, you know, you, being as smart as you are, you can take over and raise the rents really, really a lot higher than what they're getting now. And, hey, listen to this. Not only that, but they're spending a hell of a lot more money on expenses than what they really need to be. So they're spending a lot more on payroll. Man, they're spending a whole bunch on payroll they don't need to be. They're spending a whole bunch on improvements. They're spending a whole bunch on um, insurance and this. And they're just spending, they're just way overspending. And where if you take it over, you can do all these things and your expenses will go down a lot. Your income's going to go up. But man, this is a great deal. Did I set the stage good enough for you? Here's like the top three things to always keep in mind when you're looking at what I would consider a value add property. By the way, again, I just want to repeat before I go into my criteria, the three things you need to look for. Um, are there value add communities available that you can buy? Yes, there are. Um, is every single property out there that's that is being marketed or tabbed as value added are, are they feeding me full of full of crap darren no not in every instance but i'm going to give you some things to look out for where you know you're not going to get the value add they're just saying that they're either just saying it's value added or at the end of the day what you're going to end up paying for the property you're not going to be able to take advantage of any kind of value add because you're going to overpay so the things to watch out for with value add opportunities. Number one, you want to check the ownership. Who owns the property? So here's what you want to ascertain by that question. Based on the research you do on who owns it, is it someone that knows what they're doing? Or is it someone that you can ascertain may not really um, either have their full attention on the property or... You know, maybe they're just involved in so many other things. This property is not really get their full attention. So let me give you an example. So I looked at, uh, I mentioned on my last podcast, a 300 plus unit apartment community. Uh, I did my research and I found out who owned it. I know who the owners are. I mean, not personally, but I know that the company and the people involved in owning that are smart enough to know that they are, that they, I'm, I'm, they're smart enough where they will get as much rent as they possibly can and they'll reduce the expenses as much as they possibly can. I know that about the ownership, okay, based on knowing them and research that I did. Well, knowing that these owners are not dummies, do you think they're going to leave money on the table by having rents way under market and having expenses much higher than they need to be? No. They're not. More than likely, they're not. 
okay? So when, when I'm approached with this property and someone's saying it's a value-add opportunity, and I know the people that own it are people that, hey, they know what they're doing. I already know I'm being fed a bunch of shit, okay? I already know that. You compare that to properties that we've purchased in the past, and most of them have this kind of um, similarity. An owner that is an owner that owns them from out of state. The owner lives out of state, but runs and manages the property from out of state, but have somebody here locally run the property for him. The person or management team that runs the property for him does a good job. He gets a steady income. He gets good distribution checks. The cash flow is good. So that's all fine. But what those owners don't do is spend the time necessary to know where their market rent should be, to know where their expenses are compared to where their expenses realistically could be. So in other words, they've got a business that runs well, in this case, an apartment community. And because it runs well, they don't pay as much attention to running it to optimize it as much as possible. So realistically, somebody like you or me can come in there and buy it and raise those rents and reduce those expenses. And we've got a very good property. And that's happened with us many, many times over the years. Okay. But remember, it's an owner that I'm not saying the owner is dumb or negligent, but the owner just is not as tuned into optimizing the operations as much as they possibly can, thereby unknowingly leaving money on the table. Whereas compared to the first example I gave you, these are folks that don't leave money on the table. Okay? So who owns it? Who owns it? That will tell you whether it's a realistically, what I would term a um, value-add opportunity. Okay? Number two, do your research in your math. Okay? Do your research in your math. What are the market rents in the area? Where are the expenses and where should they be? That's pretty easy to do. Now that might take you a day or two days to really kind of go through that process. But if you're active, you need to do this. If you're passive, you be, need to be demanding that whomever you're working with that's you know running the ship is doing this. Can we realistically get higher rents as we're being told? Can we realistically reduce the expenses as we're being told? Not just taking some sales guy's word for it. And by the way, a lot of people are too lazy to do this. And they will take a sales guy's word for it. A lot of them will. So, number one. In terms of, is it value add? Who owns it? Is it somebody based on a research that we're pretty confident knows what they're doing? Or is there someone that's just, you know, they've done a good job of owning it, but they've pretty much kind of, you know, they're just not directing their full attention to optimizing the operations. Okay. Then number two, you check your numbers. Where can the rents realistically be? Where can the expenses realistically be? You don't take a salesperson's word for it. You do your own research. Okay. Now, is it value add after the first two? 90 plus percent of the time you're going to find it's not even though you're being told it is. 
and I'll tell you the main reason why you're being told it is here in just a second. So if it passes litmus test number one, and it passes litmus test number two, and it still looks like it can be value add, now you need to really pay attention to really an important litmus test number three. How is it being sold? Here's the problem. If you get past litmus test number one and number two, if the property is being marketed by a broker that's doing a call for offers on it, your value add is out the window. It's gone. Because there will be somebody that will pay more than you for the property. Now remember, all properties are value add properties at some price point, but not at another price point. Right? I mean, if you pay way too much for a property, doesn't matter how much value add there is, you're not going to realize the value add if you pay too much for it. Right? So if the property is being offered by a broker that's doing call for offers with no asking price, you're pretty much screwed. Yeah, sure, you can submit an offer, a letter of intent, with a price based on where you think the highest and greatest price would be that you'd pay for the property based on your criteria and factoring that value add part of it in. But more often than not, you're, gonna end up, you're not going to end up buying the property. Somebody else will pay more for it. Okay? Is that a reason not to submit an offer? Not to submit a letter of intent? Of course not. You might get lucky. You never know. The, the company or person that's going to pay a higher price, maybe their financing falls through. Maybe something happens. So you always want to be in the mix just in case. But realistically, you're not going to get it for the price that you want to get it, at least initially. Okay? Compared to the owner that doesn't have the property on the market through some kind of a call for offers. They'll sit down and work with you to get a transaction done at a price where they feel is fair for them and fair for you. So the majority of every apartment community that we bought that does fit the description of value add, that we have been able to increase the value in, it, in them quickly, have met this criteria. We didn't go through a real estate broker that was doing a call for offers. We worked directly with the owner. The owner contacted us, said they wanted to sell, and we got a deal done. The price paid, the owner thought was fair, was happy, walked away from the closing table with a smile on his or her face, and so did we. And so did we. Anything outside of what I just discussed with you, <clears throat> with those three kind of litmus tests, is not a value-add property. You're just being told value add. As I mentioned, I tell you why you're hearing it more and more. Because the real estate salespeople have nothing else to say. What else are they going to tell you? Great location. Great condition. Nice floor plans. What the hell are they going to tell you? They're going to factor value add in there. And they're going to feed you rental amounts that are more than likely not achievable. And don't get me wrong, I'm not pigeonholing brokers. I am one. I, our company still sells a lot of apartments. Okay? We do. We sell a lot of apartments for people. We're the go-to people for many apartment owners. 
in eastern Iowa. But a lot of salespeople will plug in unrealistic numbers to make it look like it's what? Value add. So more and more, the term value add is becoming a myth. And the more often you see it, the more often it's not the case. The more often it's numbers with a little bit of magic baked in them, hoping that someone will think they can achieve these unrealistic numbers after they take over and why you are so damn smart and intelligent and good at what you do that you should be able to achieve these benchmarks in order for the property to make sense and paying those high freaking prices for them. Darren, what do we do? I mean, there's a lot of properties being sold this way. What do we do? Well, I have processes and techniques that I talk about not only in other podcasts, but in other places that tells you what you can do, how you can do it in order to be the go-to guy that these owners talk to before they call anybody to go through this process. To not only give you a better opportunity to buy more real estate, but to get them at much better prices. In this case, apartment communities. But let's go back to my, my litmus test. I got three of them. Value add. Is it BS or not? Number one, who owns them? You've done your research. Is it mom and pop? Uh, there might be some value add there. Is it a company with a reputation for running a really tight ship and having really good apartment communities? Uh, maybe not so much. Okay, so you determine that. Number two, you do your market research. Can you really get the rents that the salespeople are telling you? Can you really get the expenses to a point that the salespeople are telling you? Based on how you manage and how you do things. And can you do it without sacrificing management, sacrificing amenities? Oh, well, we'll just cut this, 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 and this. No, 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 no. No. You're just making changes in order to try to make the property work. And when you go down that road, now you're not buying it as an investment. You're buying it to win a bidding contest. Okay? You're buying it just to what? Buy it. Okay? Then there's number three. The call for offers process. So if you pass the first two litmus tests, and it looks like it is a legitimate project that has upside, right? Realistic upside. If there's a call for offers, yeah, submit your best shot. Give it your best shot. And don't waver from your criteria. Like I've said before in other podcasts and other places, don't buy just for the sake of buying it. Don't make a deal so bad you want to, you'll make a deal. Don't want to make it so bad you'll make one. Submit something, but pretty much know somebody's going to pay more because they're not going to follow this process that we just talked about. They're just going to be interested in what winning the top, who is going to pay the top price for that property. Okay. So value add. Really? Is it really? Now I've given you three litmus tests, three easy-to-use tools 
to use, whether you're active or passive. And by the way, if you're passive, you better be asking these questions to whomever you're working with. You just don't want to trust that they're doing this. If you're investing your money with these folks in whatever company it is, you need to be asking these questions. And they better have some good answers. Don't just assume they're doing this. And of course, if you're active, you can do this yourself. So, have a great day, have a great week or weekend. Whenever you've joined me, I appreciate your time and appreciate you being with me um, on this week's podcast. Uh, as always, I'm interested in hearing from you. Love to hear your comments, your questions regarding this podcast and would love to respond. So have a great day, have a great week or weekend whenever you've joined me and we will talk to you later. See ya, bye-bye. Thanks for joining Darren Garman's Paranoid Banker Podcast. For investment questions, comments, or to get in touch with Darren, go to www.garmanblog.com. Thanks for joining Darren Garman's Paranoid Banker Podcast. For investment questions, comments, or to get in touch with Darren, go to www.garmanblog.com.